such a blatant racist was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Balbras and she was heavy laden Away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Oh my lads, you should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there and all with smiling faces Yanning along the Scotswood Road to see the Bladen races Flew past Armstrong's factory and up to the Robin Adair But gunning o'er the rail we bridged the bus we flew up there Yo, what is good, ladies and germs? Welcome to another episode of CHN Radio. It's your boy Elijah, and I'm joined alongside, as always, hmm. the luxurious Josh. Josh, how are you doing? Oh, man, I was thinking of what I could rhyme with the host with the most. And now, how am I doing? I don't know. I'm good. Yeah, see, I got to keep, I got to switch it up, you know, every so often. Got to keep you on your toes. You know, yes. sometimes I'll rhyme, sometimes I'll. I'll make a little rap for you, but, but sometimes I'm just going to see how you're doing. Just check in on you. That's important. I think checking on each other is very, very important. I'm doing well. How are you? Um, well, if, honestly, I didn't care how you were doing. Um, oh, so, all right. Well, yeah, no, no. Yeah. well, no, but yeah, no, honestly, obviously I care. I'm doing fine. It's a wonderful uh, Tuesday evening as we record. This is episode 224, I believe, of CHN Radio. Um it should be a good one. We're gonna do. Um, we're gonna try our best to keep this um, within a reasonable time length. But we've got <laughs> two previews to do and a review, so um, I don't know. It should be exciting. Uh, as always, be sure to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're subscribing to. You, you, you not subscribing to, but whatever podcast platform you use, as well as just rate us five stars on that same podcast platform. Um, and follow us on the socials at CHN underscore podcast or at coming home in the UFC. Um, the, the boys over at CHN, the, the, the normal site coming home, Newcastle are crushing it right now with the content. So be sure to check them out at coming home, Newcastle.com. Um, Josh, uh, should be an exciting episode today. We're going to do a little bit of news, um, some little speculative stuff. Um, and we'll start it off with you and then we'll, we'll review everything. And then, of course, uh, get into the two matches we have this week. Um, oh quickly preview the Champions League match. Um, as you guys have kind of gotten used to so far, cadence for Champions League stuff is we'll do an entirely separate episode on Champions League stuff um, later on in the week. And, uh, you know, the previews are going to be pretty short to the point until we get to potentially get to the knockout stages but um yeah and then we'll we'll preview uh our weekend match in the prem that'll be a little bit more extensive um but all that to say um josh let's just get it going um let's talk about the uh the fantasy league what, what's going on there i had yeah. a good week i feel yeah, I, yeah. I i know i had a good week because um i was watching uh yesterday the spurs uh mm. match and i realized i had son and madison on my team who were the providers for the goals. They caught you up real nice, that's for sure. Yes, sir. Uh, the top three performers this week were Keeper Lit, uh, a.k.a. Connor Ward. He had 109 points, and he's up to eighth off that performance. Uh, Uwe Le Bundesliga, Nigel Nigelton. Uh, I'm not sure if that's his real name. Uh, 96 points, he's up to 11th. 
And my Magic Mags, also with 96 points, that's me. I stay in first on 630 total points. Come back, Did you Karius. triple captain someone? Uh, no, I I captained um, Salah. I took uh, my captain yeah. off of Holland and put it on Salah. And so did Comeback Karius. Uh, so he's up to 573 total points, back up to second. And in third place is Pacific Northeast on 562 total points. You, my friend, had a great week, moved up to 28th with 81 points this week. Oh, there we go. Uh, so you're you're moving and shaking. Uh, let's not forget, keep making your transfers, keep setting your squads. There's still a long way to go. I ordered a set of illustrated Newcastle United playing cards to add to the winner's pot. So there's still oh. a prize. There's still prizes coming in that I'm going to hand out okay. every. Okay. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to get everybody something. So just keep going. Everyone. Well, that that feels a bit unrealistic since there's like thirty something people in the league. Yeah. Well, stickers can be made in large batches. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, any advice? Any any. Folks, I mean, it's a little early in the week, and uh, Josh is actually pretty good at. It, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys into the secrets of the podcast. Josh, uh, he and I will discuss some some uh, some players to maybe add into the fold when we set our lineups. So, Josh, is there anyone so far? Again, it's early in the week that you're like, hey, you know, I know you you gave me a tip about Salah, and yeah. I didn't take it because I felt really good about. Spurs this week, but I might I might get Salah into into the team this week. Any other tips you got for the for the for the squad? The longer you wait on the good players, the more expensive they get, right? And the mm-hmm. sooner you ditch a player that is high priced that isn't performing, um, you're gonna sell sell high because uh, their their value could drop as well based on performance. Um, the, the, I think the issue is that like right now, I feel good about my midfield. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about my defense. It's just my, my I don't know if, if, if there was anyone who is, who is underperformed the past couple of weeks, it's Holland and I'm not dropping Holland. Right. Like you I never feel know. good he about having Madison out. and son. Exactly. I feel good about having Madison and son in my field, in, in my sure. midfield. And they're my two most expensive midfield players. I would just go out and get Embuemo. Um, I, well, sat, I, I, I just sat dropped him. him. Yeah, I sat, I, him. Yeah, I, sat, I him well. sat him. I I kept him on my bench and I sat him last weekend in favor of Neto because I thought mm-hmm. Neto, I took kind of a punt on, on Neto and thought he would have a good week and he got me some points, but Mbomo would have got me 10 more points. Um, so I would just say, go with, go with your intuition if you're paying attention, but also remember, it's not always the big names that perform. But take a look at some of the key characters for some of the mid-level teams, and yeah. look at the look at the lineups. Whoever's playing Luton, try to try to you know if you got one transfer this week, try to find a midfielder or or a or a, a forward who's playing against Luton or Sheffield, and you're going to get some points. Yeah, Buemo is always interesting because it's like three years in a row where he's been classed as the midfielder, and he just simply plays as a striker at times for for Brentford. So that's. That's been if the it's like the world's biggest secret is out on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right, cool. Um, and then let's 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 keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, uh women yeah. had a pretty solid week this week. Yeah, they won away to Huddersfield on Sunday 4-0. Uh they got a 32nd minute goal for Charlotte Potts, had the mags ahead at the half. They made a double substitution, brought on Greenwood and Burt in 53rd minute. Gibson floated a left footer. And Casey Elsid headed it home to make it two. 
in the 64th. Two more sets of fresh legs, Gibson and Kelly off. Uh, Barker and McQuaid on another sub to swap Ferguson for Elson. And uh, nine minutes later, the sub, Becky Ferguson, makes it 3-0. And in the 90s, in the 92nd, uh, Katie Barker seals the win with her with the fourth goal of the game. Uh, so uh, Newcastle are now up to second and still have two games in hand over leaders Burnley. Both Burnley and Newcastle are the only two unbeaten teams remaining in the FA WPL Premier Division. Uh, they play Forest this Sunday, and the venue is Gateshead International Stadium. Uh, the game is in the FA WNL Cup second round. Uh, and then they recently drew for the FA Women's Cup first round against the Mancurian Unity Women's FC. So that is your Women's Magpies update. This is a, just a quick question for you, Josh. On a like on a scale of like one to ten, how confident are you that they'll they'll get promoted? I'm not even trying to um to jinx this, mm-hmm. right? Like if I were to, I'm I'm cut. You ever you know like the old um, cliche like watching a horror movie through your fingers? Like yeah, I'm I'm watching this season, um, quietly like peeking at it. Yeah, and um, because they're good, they're like. Yeah, it, it feels it feels good. a little too real at this point. Like it feels like it it I'm not gonna say it feels like how Wrexham's felt last couple seasons, but it just feels like, you know, it feels like they deserve to go up, even though it's not guaranteed and there's nothing that says that they, they will or should go up, but it feels like um they're they're just they're closer and closer to the ultimate goal. There's a sense of oh, inevitability but, uh, inevitability yeah. about it, right? But they're only yeah. going into match day ten of twenty two, so they're yeah. almost ha- they're almost halfway through. Um, but I mean, but again, it's it's still only match day ten of twenty two, and they still have like if it's match day ten, and they're still only on like six or seven six played, I think. So yeah. there's a long way for for them to go. Um, so we'll it's a just long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. That's, that's right. Uh, school that's, rock for you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Um, so women are still doing well. Um, we'll we'll quickly touch on Tonali. It might, actually might not be that quick. Um, Josh, I know you and I have uh, talked about Tonali at length and maybe some potential replacements for him. But just to give everyone a quick update, I'll get your thoughts, Josh, and then I'll also. Um, introduce some some stuff from the athletic into the fold here um but reports out of italy are showing that um it's potential that tonali is looking at a roughly 10 month ban which would essentially kind of uh put him uh banned if if the ban were to start in the next two weeks it would put him at a, at a, at a it would put newcastle basically losing tonali for the rest of the season and then him missing the first part of the season, the first couple of international breaks. So not something crazy, definitely less um, less of a stressor than what we previously thought of like one to four years. Um, it does seem like he's going uh, he's going down the same path as Fagiolo. I think that's how he's Fagiolo um, yeah. as he went where he's potentially going to start snitching. And as Josh pointed out in the last podcast, uh, part of this is that um, – that the Italian Football Federation uh, believes that this is something that is bigger than just a few players, and so um, because it's so early, it does seem as if guys are going to be able to 
sort of plea uh, and and name other names and be able to get you know more lenient sentencing than if this was something uh, maybe a little bit further down the road, a little bit more developed. So that that's kind of the big thing with Tenali. Josh brought up a good point in our in our document about when this ten month suspension would start. By all means, it does feel as if that this ten month suspension, which again is rumored, it's it's Italian media. Um, I'm gonna pull the exact person who said it. Um, geez, all right, I thought I could pull it much quicker than I did. Um, Alfredo Pudella, who works for uh, Sport Italia, um, which is pretty decent source out of Italian media, is the one who initially had the report about Tonali potentially missing 10 months. Um, mm. That doesn't seem like it's going to be immediate. Um, Craig Hope from the Daily Mail, who many Newcastle fans know and love, is it has kind of reported that Tonali is um, available and fit for the Dortmund match, which will happen as this podcast comes out. So to kind of answer what Josh alluded to in our little doc, Tonali should be able to play the next match at least. Um, but, you know, whether or not he, he makes an appearance um, against Wolves, I mean, that that's that's a different story altogether. But yeah. at least they have Tonali um, for the Dortmund match. And not going to lie, it does feel – and this is, and this is a little teaser, but it does feel – after this past weekend's match that Newcastle don't need Tonali as much as maybe we thought we would have needed him um, when we fir- he was first linked to Newcastle this summer. Oh, he's, he's like, what do they call that? He's kind of the cream, right? He's the cream at the top. We still got him. Yeah. Turns out as, as, as the world turns, Elijah, Newcastle's pretty mm-hmm. good. And, yeah. That's, uh, that's the thing is that it turns out that they're, they are actually really good. And uh, and as players start to return to the fold, um, you know, it gives uh, it gives some other players a chance to come and improve. There, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't value Tonali. He's like the he's like a Rolls Royce or a Bentley of a midfielder out there, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to have, but we uh, we won't be desperate without him, which is like mind blowing because I didn't think that that would be the case when this news dropped originally. Yeah, I think that's probably the the driving force behind the Calvin Phillips rumors is that um, the the generators of those rumors kind of assume that Newcastle are in a rush to fill Tonali's slot. When in reality, Sean Longstaff has again. It wasn't like Sean Longstaff was bad. Newcastle had a good season last season, and I don't want that to go to waste. But like Newcastle still finished without Tonali in a Champions League spot, so it's not like it's not like they're struggling. Um, per se, with 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 Tenali being out, so um, I think that's that's kind of what led to the Calvin Phillips rumors. Um, this I'm not going to go too in in detail, but um, I want to give a shout out to Jacob Whitehead, who uh, I've mentioned on this podcast a few times, but uh, he is a somewhat new uh, reporter to the Athletic that covers Newcastle. He wrote a pretty good piece about um, Newcastle potentially trying to replace Tenali. Um, it, it's, it's very interesting. He, he kind of goes through from a stats level, like stylistically who makes sense kind of really touches on the fact that a lot of the potential replacements for Tenali, um, other guys that Newcastle were interested in this summer have moved on or at different clubs. And, um, it, there's, there's been, 
surprisingly enough for you, Josh, um, Calvin Phillips wasn't wasn't mentioned, but another player that we mentioned this summer was mentioned uh, in Gabri Viega from Celta Vigo. Mm. He was mentioned in this, as well as Scott McTominay. So, again, um, as we kind of look to uh, – we're getting closer and closer to the silly season regarding January uh, transfer rumors. But I do think Viega and Scott McTominay, especially given that McTominay really hasn't played that much for Manchester United this season – uh, those could be names to be on the lookout for, as well as Donny van der Beek, um, who, again, hasn't looked great, but, again, hasn't played. Uh, that could be another name that Newcastle looked to potentially yeah. bring in on loan um, or maybe try to get for cheap. That would so, be a very interesting signing. I think that he's oh, underperformed yeah. in, a, in a system or for an organization that is just cancerous. And I think that yeah. he could do really well here. Yeah, I had a I had a buddy, uh, the Shades of Blue guys. Um, actually, uh, they 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 kind of were joking about Newcastle and Shades of Blue is a Man City uh, podcast. Yeah. Check them out for sure. Um, but they were kind of joking about Calvin Phillips, and I was like, "Hey, you got to give Eddie Howe credit. Like, you can name you can name a lot of the guys Eddie Howe has recruited, and you could look at where they were when 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 they were recruited, and you can easily kind of point to the fact that." Eddie Howe's gotten the most out of the players um, that he's he signed for the most part. I mean, um, Anthony Gordon, we've we've talked about this season, and we'll, we'll continue to talk about, it, especially as we get into this review of this of this match for against Crystal Palace. But um, I mean, he's he's looked really good under Eddie Howe. He's looked really good, um, and probably uh, could be Newcastle's player of the season at the end of the season. And then you look at other guys like, and the, the person I brought up was just Jamal Lascelles, um had, he, he was an anchor in a clean sheet against PSG. Like, <laughs> like Eddie Howe is good at getting the, the, the most out of some of these players. So yeah. um, when you, when you throw out jokingly Calvin Phillips, uh-huh. it's kind of, odd I, I, it's kind of like, I, Josh, you kind of mentioned this last week. I feel like Calvin Phillips would, be really good under Eddie Howe. You know, that's what, not I, a ridiculous take. I brought it up um, on another show. Um, I don't remember who I was speaking with, but I mentioned it offhand, and they're like, "Absolutely." It was he's a, he's it's a to me it's a slam dunk, you know, and that's and that's because he's he's undervalued where he's at. He's underperformed yeah. because of who he's who he's fighting for time with, and yeah. he and his personality fits, and that's like I yeah. think that's the part that a lot of a lot of fans don't realize what makes Newcastle work is the humility of of the players that are involved. They understand that it's a it's everybody has to row to get the boat going in the in the mm-hmm. right direction, right? And you get teams like Manchester United, and that's the, the exact problem is everybody's trying to row in their own direction, and they're never going to exactly, go anywhere. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, maybe United will still finish above Newcastle this year. I don't know, but I really don't think so. I don't think so. It feels like the opposite's happening at each club where Manchester yeah. United are consistently underperforming and Newcastle are starting to hit their stride. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it, it's trending in the opposite direction for no. your team. No, we're doing exactly yeah. what we're supposed to do. And uh, we're taking... Eddie Howe is taking pretty good players and making them pretty great. Yeah, and 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 that's the, that's honestly all of it for me is that so far Eddie Howe has has not made a player worse. 
And you can't say the same about Pep, and that's that's not Pep's fault. I mean, that we're not going to get into that. But Calvin Phillips went from like one of the best holding midfielders in England, uh, you know, international. He still is England international mainstay to um, you know being thought of as a as 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 overrated um, at while he was at Manchester City or while he has been at Manchester City. And I'm not, and again, I'm not going to say it's like Pep's fault or anything, but I do think that's something you don't really see with Eddie Howe at Newcastle is that you don't see a player kind of get thought of less when they, when they join Newcastle, everyone seems to have been elevated. So something to keep an eye out on. I don't, I don't, again, we, we don't, we don't know what's going to actually happen. Um, the only thing we can do is kind of speculate. All right. Um, well, that's it for news. I don't really think there's anything else um, of uh, worth mentioning. Um, let's just hop into it. Uh, uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle played them mm. and uh, comfortably won. I think, Josh, uh, we would say if we go back to um, kind of what you and I said prediction-wise, uh, you said 2-0, I said 3-1. Um, I, I'd say that we both sort of had the same vibe as the match actually played out where we felt as if it wasn't going to be a, a difficult match for Newcastle, but I don't know if any one of us, if we, if we saw, if we thought it was going to be this easy, if that, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think um, <clears throat> Palace were looking to, to hold Newcastle. And mm-hmm. as soon as they got behind, they had, they, they, they had no chance. I think their hope yeah. was to score and then to hold Newcastle uh, as long as possible, and um, there's just there's there's no containing them against a defense that's set up like that. Uh, I, I I just think Newcastle's just I don't even think they performed. I, that wasn't even the best game I've ever seen from them. They just scored four goals on the trot. You know what I mean? And that's just because yeah. Palace couldn't stop them. Yeah, um, it was it was and I like I for me I'm kind of looking back on this and I I forgot how early the Jacob Murphy goal was, um, but yeah I mean it it felt like for Newcastle it was it was it didn't it felt like a training exercise like I'm not gonna lie it did feel as if there was no point in which Newcastle really felt threatened it felt like um, every opportunity they got was like sort of how they wanted it to be, how they wanted the opportunity to be set up. Like it felt a little too easy. Like mm. it was some genuine, beautiful football being played. You know what? It might at be times. Roy. They, they quoted in, in the buildup to the game, they quoted Roy as basically having a lot of respect for Eddie Howe. And I think yeah. maybe he, they went into this with too much respect for Eddie Howe, yeah. you know, from yeah, a crystal you, palace you, perspective. We'll say, and, and Josh isn't saying this for the pod. He did text me. He texted me something along the lines of that when we were talking about this during the match. Of it, it felt as if that was the case. So yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with that. It did feel as if maybe they played a little bit too much, too much respect. All right, um, let's let's get into it. We'll we'll share our full thoughts uh, later on. But first, let's uh, let's hop into the old three words. Um, let's see. All right, okay. Uh, three words. Just a few today. Nothing crazy. Um, had a lot of gifs, so um, feel free to check out the gif tweet if you haven't already. Um, Josh says, "Happy birthday, Josh!" Josh, it was your birthday. Saturday was my birthday. Well, um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, fuck you for not saying anything until then. So I I'm a know, private oh, what's man. Up with that? 
I'm you, a private man. You you could have said something on the previous episode. You'd be like, uh, oh, it's my birthday. Like, hopefully we win. And I would have would have made everyone sing happy birthday. But no, you yeah. you waited until after the match. Uh, to be honest to with you, sure I forgot. I forgot that it was coming. I'm I'm old now, Elijah. I turned 47. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. You are old. You're yeah. almost at the, the old 5-0. <laughs> well, actually, that's my that's my expiration date. Um, I'm going to quit podcasting at, at 50. Josh, I honestly, if if I'm on this side of the country when you turn 50, I'm pulling up for your birthday. Oh, good. You'll join me at the retirement center. Fair, but again, <laughs> I just want you to know I'm pulling up for it. And I'm and I honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like this is this is me being real. We have some of the greatest supporters I think of any podcast out there. Like I'm I'm like keeping it 100. Like every single time I've been in public at a Newcastle event, Someone has come up to me and talked about the podcast. I feel as if the folks listening right now, if they knew it was your 50th birthday, I would guarantee at least three or four of them would literally fly out to 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 the West Coast to to celebrate with you. So yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. And we might we might have to do something. We might yeah. have to do something. All right, okay. That that that's that's taking away from the point. Happy belated birthday, Josh. I'm, Thank you. I'm happy that you have entered my life. For real, it's it's actually been dope to to get to know you over the past. What? Wow, we're two years into this, I think, at this point. Oh, so, man, yeah, don't. Oh, well, I guess we're we're actually a year into this. I think at least, yeah, because we started you. we started last season. But regardless, that's not the point. All right, um, okay, Josh's happy birthday, Josh. Great birthday present for you, uh, Eric Schmidt in UFC Indiana says Murphy's Magic Mads. Mags, uh, Joy recess wrecked Roy's boys, um, and then Kim Avery says shattered the palace, which I think has the most likes. That's probably my yeah. favorite one of, of the of the few outside of yours. Um, fun match again, like we said, four nil, very easy sort of win for Newcastle. Kind of were in control from the get go. I think this is one of those matches where everyone was like, "Hey, we need to score that second goal." And after Newcastle scored that second goal, it was just cruise control after that. So um, real quick, we'll go through the lineups. Um, Josh, you have anything else to add for your three words? I mean, besides it would being your birthday. Uh, I just I wrote Crystal Palace shattered uh, just now without realizing that, that that was a very popular uh, three words earlier. So nope, it wasn't popular. Someone else said it was just it was just you know, it wasn't like 70 people said it. Well, it should be because it's good. It's a good one, yeah. All right, um, all right. Real quick, I'll I'll go through the lineups. Um, oh gosh, I don't know what just happened there. Okay, here we go. Um, on the Newcastle side, uh, Nick Pope and Gold, Trippier, Lascelles as the captain, uh, Cher, uh, and Dan Byrne, uh, solid back line. Another clean sheet for the lads. In midfield with Sean Logsat, Bruno Gimaesh. And Joelinton uh, with an attacking three of Jacob Murphy, who in many, um, just worth noting, in many uh, circles was man of the match. Uh, Callum Wilson uh, started up top with Anthony Gordon as well. Uh, and then on the Crystal Palace side, uh, they had uh, Sam Johnson in goal with um, Tyreek Mitchell, uh, Mark Buell, uh, Joachim Anderson, and Joel Ward as their back line. Uh, the, the, the person I said to watch out for, well, Hughes started in midfield alongside, uh, Chick Decore and Jefferson Larima. Um, and then their attack, again, we mentioned there are some injuries to their attack, but 
some guys were back. Um, Jordan Ayew played. Um, Jean, Jean-Philippe Mateta also started as striker. And then Ode, uh, Edward, who probably was one of their better players this match, started out on the left-hand side. Um, yeah, but all that to say, why did I put... What did, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong... Uh, I was looking at the wrong... Uh, uh, spreadsheet. I was like, why did I put history? No. Um, highlights wise, do want to point out Jacob Murphy with a very early goal, kind of a looping. Karen Trippier played him in. Jacob Murphy kind of did this weird sort of cross looping action type of thing. Maybe it was a cross, maybe it was a goal. Regardless, it sailed over the keeper's head. Um, probably like, I don't know, Josh, how you feel about this. Probably one of the better goals of the season. I, some people, when I tweeted out, said it might have been the goal of the season just mm. because it was like one of these looping goals that one of those where the keeper is like trying to go for it, doesn't get it, and it ends up like just in the back of that. Just placement-wise, absolutely gorgeous goal. But good to see Jacob Murphy score, um, and good to see him score. I always especially love that smile on yeah. his face, man. He always oh, yeah. looks so – he's just so happy to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love that about him. That's exactly how I would be too. Just Facts. Just effing happy to be there. Living yeah. the dream. Yeah, that's Jacob Murphy for you. Um him and McGalmaron are really good at just like anytime they you anytime they score, you know that they it just feels like they're really happy to have scored. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, overall I'm not gonna go too into detail on this, but uh, Newcastle dominated the majority of this match. I kind of alluded to earlier. It, it felt like a match in which, uh, as a watch, as, as a viewer, you were like, when are they going to score the second goal? I don't know if that's how you felt, Josh, but that that's kind of how I felt. Again, I think inevitability is the word of the day here. It just felt mm-hmm. like there was always going to be more coming, and there was nothing that Palace could do to stop it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So again, that's how the most of the first half went. There were some chances for Newcastle where they definitely could have added on to their tally, made it two nil. Um, they eventually did uh, right before the half. Uh, Jacob Jacob Murphy played it across, or kind of played the ball across to Anthony Gordon, who scored as well. Anthony Gordon again on his on his just like player of the season shit um, adds another goal to his. Pretty impressive tally. Jacob Murphy gets the assist there. Uh, and then Newcastle go into the break 2-0. Oh, actually, sorry. They go into the break 3-0. I'm bugging uh, because I totally forgot they scored in extra time in the first half. Sean Longstaff with the goal there um, as well. Uh, that made it 10 first-half goals for Newcastle this season uh, uh, in, in nine games. And four of those 10 goals came between the 30th and 45th minute. So Newcastle have been a team that have scored late in the first half um, to kind of take the lead or or in some cases tie the matchup. Um, But again, Sean Longstaff with the goal there uh, just off of a mistake, takes advantage of it. Good for him. Um, And that was the end of the first half. I I know I did a first half GIFs tweet and everyone felt really good. Um, I don't know how anyone could have not have felt good about that first half being up through nil. Josh, do you have any additional thoughts outside of just the overall, hey, it's 3 nothing and we're winning thoughts for Newcastle? 
no, nothing really to add to it. It's just such a comfortable game. Um, yeah. In it, 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 there was never a sense of jeopardy. So I felt mm. comfortable. I was in the kitchen making bacon and stuff, and just like cooking breakfast for my kids, and I just didn't feel transfixed. Um, I had it on real loud, and I can hear it from the other room. But I didn't. I just didn't feel like if I left the room, something bad could happen. But I could definitely make it back in if something good happened. And I think that's yeah, always a sign yeah. that your team is doing well, that you you feel comfortable to step away for a second. Yeah, I will say, um, I you know, and this is I'm, I'm I don't want to like go super into this, but um, as many of you who've been listening to this pod know, I got married. Um, wow, a couple years ago at this point, we're on, we're we're coming up on year two, um, and pre that, like my wife. And we got married in 2022. Yes. Jeez, I feel so bad for not knowing the year off rip. But yeah, uh, beginning of 2022. Um, and like when we first were like living together, so my wife would be like super on edge about like me watching Newcastle. And that was when Newcastle, like this was, this is people forget, like it wasn't all like roses and sunshine when Eddie Howe took over. It was better than Bruce, but it wasn't great. And now it's just like, like she wakes up and I'm watching Newcastle and it's just like, I'm very calm. It's very chill. She's like, oh yeah, Newcastle's winning. Like she's almost expecting Newcastle to be winning. Whereas when we first, you know, she first experienced me watching Newcastle, it was very much like a, oh, how's Newcastle doing? Like, like, are they winning? Are they losing? Like, is it going to be a bad day for you? Is it going to be a good day for mm. you? Like, are you going to have to take a walk? And now, like you said, it just feels comfortable a lot of the time for newcastle and i i guess this is how manchester city fans feel because like <laughs> like they're just like we were we talked about this at the beginning of the season we knew it was going to be tough and we we criticized newcastle for how they approached some of these matches and blah 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 but we also said that it's going to be easier and that like those were the tough that was the toughest stretch of the season and Josh, I, I don't want to be that guy, but it feels like we're right. Like, it feels like the last few episodes of CHN Radio have been us pretty much not being surprised at the results. No, being, there's the, look, the reality yeah. is, like, you have to play every team twice. There's going to be yeah. another stretch. There's going to be another mm-hmm. tough stretch. But yeah. the way Eddie Howe is managing the cup run and managing um, Europe in between the league it's just so reassuring that even if, mm. and we'll get into Dortmund, um, but even if the game doesn't go how exactly how we want it, I don't even feel like I'll be disappointed just because so many other things are working out how they should that um, like there's always tomorrow is sort of the feeling I have. And yeah. I didn't used to have that. Trust me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Um, do you have a, a man of the match for, for that for that match? Um, Jacob Murphy, just because yeah, I love I him. That's that's fair. Jacob Murphy. Um, I w- I would the only person I would also like to give a shout out to is Nick Pope because um there was a couple uh points at the end of the match and forgive me I actually really never discussed just real quick I never discussed the end of uh. In the match, um, Callum Wilson scored in the second half. Yeah, but that's kind of par for the course. And then after that, it was pretty straightforward. Win, you know, protect the league kind of stuff for Newcastle. Um, I, I do want to give a shout out to 
to uh, Nick Pope, who had a couple of pretty solid saves at the end of that match. So shout out to him. Um, but yeah, I, I think Jacob Murphy's a good shout as well. That that's, that's pretty pretty spot on. He was really good. Um, all right, so Crystal Palace, good match. Um, Newcastle. After that, um, after that, sitting sixth, just outside of mm-hmm. uh, your kind of the the main European spots. Um, Spurs. Uh, this is a fun one. Spurs are top of the league right now at twenty. They're having points. a great season under Ange. Yeah, it's great like, season, it's a- but. It's a team that you, it's it's hard to hate too because he's such a every by, by all accounts he's such a like an amiable person. Um, yeah, Ange Ball has been going great. I do want to point out I don't want to be that guy, but again, do it, uh, do it. They they they've played they haven't played the best teams so far. they ain't we'll played nobody, huh? Yeah, they 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 beat Man U, <laughs> which again it's impressive. Yeah, um, but and but they've played Bournemouth. Uh, Fulham, Burnley, Fulham twice actually. Uh, Burnley, uh, Sheffield. They did draw with Arsenal, so again, it's it's not bad. And they did beat Liverpool, but they, um, they, that's they something Luton. we didn't. They do played that. Luton and Fulham, so they, they, you know, we'll see how they do over the next few matches. Like I do think they'll hold on to first. Their next few matches are against uh, Palace, Chelsea, Wolves, Villa. Um, all that kind of stuff. But at, at the beginning of December, they play Man City. Then they play West Ham. Then they play Newcastle. And it's, uh, and that I think that'll be the the uh, determining factor for mm. how good Tottenham are. Uh, that's a tough stretch. Uh, City, uh, West Ham, and Newcastle. That, that's that's those are those are all good teams. So those should be fun matches. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season unfolds for sure. Um, and, yeah. and the run up to January because, um, you know, it's it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what kind of players we get. And I always like the shuffle. I love the I love the silly season. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. Um, so real quick, we'll we'll quickly preview Dortmund, and then we'll we'll get into Wolves. As you all know, our previews are way shorter than our reviews. Um, Dortmund actually, uh, it feels if you were to ask the commentators who cover Champions League, they'd say Dortmund are having the worst season in the world. But it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. They're in fourth right now in the league, um, and since their last Champions League matches, um, they they lost to PSG, but they they beat Wolfsburg, they beat Hoffenheim, they did draw with Milan, they beat Union Berlin, they beat Werder Bremen, so. Dorman are not. I don't feel like they're beyond the the slouch phase uh, that I think they kind of got when they lost PSG. Oh, it was after a few kind of disappointing matches where they they drew against Heidenheim, they drew against Bochum, like they they drew against some teams they shouldn't have drawn against, and I think that played uh, a factor into how good or bad people thought they were. But on the, on the most part, for the most part, um, they, and again, they haven't played anyone huge in the, in the Bundesliga yet. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat, um, you know, since they lost the PSG. So um, they've done well um, in the league. Josh, I know you, you kind of watched Bundesliga a little bit as well. Is there anything that you've seen or noticed that I haven't picked up on? I think the big thing, again, is that, they they're starting to get back into beating the teams they should beat. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else I have to say. <clears throat> no, that's that's. I mean, Dortmund got off to a slow start, as you noted, um, but they have now won five in a row in the league, 
and they're up to fourth place. Um, Edin Turzik is their is their gaffer. He has them lined up in a four two three one. Um, so Royce is Royce the like legendary uh, Royce uh, lines yeah. up as an attacking mid with uh, with uh, Chan and uh, Nemecha as as sort of a double pivot. Um, so, I, but they did, they played a four five one, which really isn't too much different, but it's like kind of de- depends on how, if they're just going to try to flood the midfield, um, or if they're going to try to create imbalance. And so, you know, they'll do a double pivot if they're going to try to create imbalance, I think versus who they play last week and Verta Bremen, who isn't, I think Verta Bremen were just promoted. Um, they're sort of a yo-yo club in the Bundesliga lately. They, they used to be, they, I think they won the Bundesliga in 2007 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But since then, they've been a bit of a yo-yo club. So uh, uh, Borussia Dortmund sort of just flooded the midfield and controlled the tempo 1-1-0. It wasn't an overwhelming um, win. Um, they just had, but they they have it in them with Fulkrug can finish from basically anywhere. Um, they've got Hummus who plays a good cleanup central defender with Schlotterbeck, who's a lot more mobile. You'll see Schlotterbeck get up in the attack from a central defensive position. Um, and then they've got Julian, uh, Julian Ryerson, who plays as a bit of a, like a, a wingback flyer. So he'll get mm-hmm. way up into attack. Um, yeah. And then they, and then the difference between them and us is they played on Friday last weekend and we played on Saturday. So they get an extra day off. Yeah, which is and, and yeah. you kind of alluded to this, but I, I did want to point out there's still some names on this on this squad. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. Like I mean, obviously Matt's Hummels, uh, as you've kind of like that's kind of a, a given. Uh, you you mentioned Slaughterbeck, you mentioned Ryerson, you um, I, Julian I don't know Brandt. If you mentioned, yeah, Julian Brandt, obviously Munier's on this team. Nicolas mm-hmm. Soule, one of the better German center backs, he's obviously in this team. Marco Royce. Marcel Sabitze is, is in this squad as well. I would watch I out for uh, Daniel uh, Malin. He's got four goals yeah. on the season. Actually, I think he's yeah, leading. Daniel Malin. I mean, they've got squad. I mean, it's it's definitely a team that has underperformed. Uh, Solid Oshkan, who I, I'm a big fan of. That's another career mode. Le- oh, so, uh, Sebastian Aller. Sebastian Aller yeah, is Sebastian well. Aller. They've got G- obviously Gio Reyna, Emery yeah. Chan, as you mentioned earlier, Marco Royce, uh, we've already discussed. Full Krug, as you said, Holler, Malin, Adiyeme, who of course is a is a, a exciting young talent as well. Um, Mukoko, another exciting young talent. He's injured at the point at, at, right now, but again, the Stormin squad is is a good team. Um, they have underperformed, and right now Newcastle are favored. But I would not be surprised if Newcastle drew drew or lost this game. Uh, I mean, I do think that the PSG win, again, a good win. PSG are good. Newcastle are a good team. But it was also, you know, taken into consideration the context. This was the first match Newcastle hosted in 20 years uh, of Champions League football. So you knew that, like, everyone and their mother was up for this match. Yeah. I'm but not also, gonna say I don't and we yeah, and we right. and we spoke about it at the time, but I don't think PSG was expecting that at all. Like at all. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and and I don't look, look, look. I mean, we we praise war flags, we we praise the support um at St. James's Park as as it should be you know praised. But let's let's be honest, like support on the continent 
is way different than in England and seeing flags and flares and, and loud crowds, that's nothing new that doesn't catch PSG by surprise. Like the, the level of intensity in the stands that wasn't that, I mean, that helped, I think more than catching PSG by surprise, that level of intensity is what propelled Newcastle United to play with such, with such drive and intensity. Right. And I think it was that, it was that, um, stick to itiveness as well. Like they didn't, they didn't get off the plot. They never lost the plot. Yeah. They kept driving forward. And that's what took PSG by surprise. I don't know. Again, Bay Val Bay um, is a very experienced squad uh, in so far as European and continental competition is concerned. Yes. I, I'm not sure if they're come, coming into the lion's den is going to be any pressure for their team, but our team needs it. And so, you know, and, and I know it's there's not much time between when anyone's going to be listening to this and when they're going to go down to the, you know, the leases end or, or anything. But uh, <laughs> don't don't stop yelling, like give it a get, lose your throat for us because we can't be there. Yeah, I, I would say this. This is 100 percent. And I think this is it's part of Champions League play. But like on paper, Newcastle are a good team. They are not significantly better than than Dortmund. You could say the same for when Newcastle played uh, PSG. Uh, so it, it really is going to come down to the atmosphere. And my fear is that, and again, it's just a fear. I don't, I don't. I mean, we're we're about to get into predictions, but um, I, I don't know how 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 much I'm attached to this fear. It's just, hey, my fear is that like Newcastle just aren't the the fans and the players aren't as up for it as they were when they played PSG. Because again, context matters. That PSG match was the first match in 20 years. Yeah. And again, in 20 years in which Newcastle were in the Champions League. And so everything was at maximum capacity. The fans were screaming the loudest. The players were feeling the most amount of emotions you could possibly feel. And again, think about that match. Who scored? Dan Byrne, a Jordy. Like this is in a very emotional moment for him. Uh, John Longstaff, another Jordy. Again, emotional moment. So it's like, all right, now that you've got all the emotions out of the way, is this team going to perform to the same level that they did um, against PSG? And that'll be the big question. And honestly, I I think, for me personally, I think this match kind of determines how far Newcastle goes in, in uh, Champions League play. Like, if they lose this match, that's it. Like, like they're, I don't, I personally don't think they're going to advance, you know, far enough in Champions League to to really mm. make noise if they lose this match or, or or even draw this match because it kind of just proves the point that the PSG match, as great as it was, was all vibes, all hype, all that kind of stuff. And if if they can't they can't replicate an actual home field advantage against a Dortmund team that on paper they should be able to compete with. Then yeah, I mean, maybe Newcastle isn't as ready for Premier League as we thought they were. Now to be crystal clear, I think that Newcastle can replicate that energy. I yeah. have I have no doubt that the players have the skill set, the requisite ability to play mm. at the level required to beat Borussia Dortmund tomorrow. Yeah, for I, sure. I I believe it in my bones that Newcastle can win. It isn't like I'm looking at this game you know, hand wringing, wondering, oh me, oh my, like, you know, what are we going to do with ourselves if they don't? I think that they can. Um, 
it kind of just de- it depends in in how they approach the game. I know that Eddie Howe will have them hyped up and ready to go. Uh, and so it's just do they stick to the do they stick to the plan? But also, if Borussia Dortmund come out and they play in an unexpected way, if they change their if they change to flood the midfield instead of create a double pivot, if they mm. put two up top, if they play Mar- Marco Royce. Uh, you know, start him on the bench and then, you know, you're not quite sure what you're getting in the midfield, you know, just be ready for the twists and turns. And yeah. and I yeah. know that Eddie Howe does a good job of preparing um, for, for change. Newcastle can get a result out of this. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Okay. So that's Dortmund. Um, many of you might hear this after the fact, but um, either way, we're going to obviously talk about it. All right, and let's get into what Newcastle have this weekend, uh, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time, but they will play uh, Wolves. Um, again, uh, Wolves, we, we'll get into it a little bit, but Wolves not having like the best of seasons. It's not bad. It's not good, but um, definitely a lot of question marks for Wolves. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and hop into the injuries and such for it just for the sake of time. Okay, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I I would be shocked if it wasn't okay with you. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, it's a nine thirty match on Saturday Pacific time. Um, for Newcastle, not a lot of injuries actually. Um, uh, well, sorry for Wolves, not a lot of injuries. Um, I think they have pretty much everyone healthy at this point. For Newcastle, uh, Emil Kraft could be. Uh, Emil Kraft could be making a return. Um, Joe, uh, Joe Willock was kind of uh, seen in training, so that's another one to keep an eye out for. I don't. Again, I think if there's anyone who might make an appearance, it's, it's one of those two. Um, and then um, again, Harvey Barnes, as we already know, he's he's still injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis Miley's got an illness, um, so you know, hopefully he gets better. And then Sven Botman should be actually be pretty close to return. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I have no idea, uh, of course, who is actually going to be available. But Sven Botman, Joe Willock, and Emil Kraft all being close to to, to ready is a good mm-hmm. sign, um, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so we've got Wolves are currently in 12th. They have not lost a league match since September 16th at home to Liverpool. Uh, they did beat City 2-1 to one at home, and they drew 1-1 one, one with Villa on the road. They ain't afraid of nobody, is what I wrote down here. Uh, but they're also not blowing teams away, Elijah. They needed an 88th-minute winner to beat a lowly Bournemouth, despite being a man up for 30 minutes last week. Um, they seem to be a possession-based team, and will try to choke out Newcastle on the counter, which is sort of our strength. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who wins a brick or a hard wall. Um, so I would watch out for their front three of Huang, Kunha, and Neto. I picked Neto up for fantasy last week. I'm dropping Neto this week. I'm not quite sure who mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up in exchange for him because I got him on a kind of a good, I might, I might just bench him in, in favor of Mbwemo. But um, yeah, I'd still say Neto could be a danger uh, for them. They're gonna they're gonna look to hold on to the ball, take their chances when the chances present themselves. I think they're gonna try to get an early goal and beat Newcastle one nil. 
the way Newcastle will, will beat Wolves is by blowing them completely away in the first half uh, and giving them, it'll be much like Crystal Palace. If Newcastle can throw a couple goals on in the first half, there's just no way. I don't think, because then Wolves will have to open up and chase the goals. And then once they open up, there's just more goals in it for Newcastle. So I, it, it, it could be it could be an uncomfortable. Well, last week was a comfortable win. This could be an uncomfortable win for Newcastle, or it could be a total blowout. It depends on what kind of Wolves team shows up. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like Wolves are again a good team. They have good players, um, but it does feel like that's a team that's in the grand scheme of things somewhat under un, underperformed over the last couple of seasons. Oh gosh, that's a yawn. They do have, uh, as Pep calls him, the Korean guy, and uh, he, John <laughs> Wong, who has been really good this season for them with Lucky five Pep. goals and one assist. So um, we're we're not getting into who to watch out for yet. But again, I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried about about um some of the players in Wolves, um for sure. Uh, and again, they've got some names like, and Josh has mentioned a few of them, but. Cunha's good, obviously. Fabio Silva, we haven't seen the best of him yet. Um, Lamina, Traore, Johaj, Jao Gomez, like they've got, they've got Thomas Doyle, they've got some decent guys in the midfield. Um, but again, no one who scares me, which might be my kind of who to watch out for. Is I do think that this game is won or lost in the midfield. Uh, they mm-hmm. have a very solid back line. Some players that we all know and love. Uh, your Craig Dawson, your Johnny, Matt Doherty. Um, uh, Ryan Al-Nori, uh Nelson Semedo. Again, names that have done it in, in the Premier League before. We know that they're good. Um, so I'm not worried about their attack. They've got some names in their attack. Not worried about their defense. They've got some names in their defense. That kind of only is a midfield. So I don't know about you, Josh, but I think that's that's kind of where this 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 match ends is. Can, can Wolves dominate the midfield in the way that you kind of need to in order to play and beat Newcastle. That that's my yeah. question. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Longstaff is going to be imperious. And if and if Willick makes a return, which fingers crossed that he does, with Longstaff yeah. sort of playing the role that he does, I think Willick is going to get loose like a goose, man. He, I, I I really feel like he's going to come out and make a statement game. I hope so. All right. Um all right, let's do a little stats, history, all that kind of jazz. Uh, I know you, yeah. you did. You did hop. A, you, you hopped a little bit ahead. I know you did a, a little bit of uh, of research that you shared. But did, anything yeah. else? This is the time. Uh, Hippa to the hopper. It just don't stop. Uh. I um, gave you my my stats, my history. Uh, let's see. Versus Wolves, all time thirty four wins, twenty nine draws, forty two losses. This is, uh, I think we start to turn the tide on history here. I think that we're a much better team than Wolves, and you're starting to see our win column fill up. There's a stretch from 2018 to 2021 where it was like all tight losses and draws in their favor. Um, I want to go back to 11 February 2017. Um, Mm. We visited Wolverhampton. Uh, The game was at the Molyneux in front of 24,876. We had uh, uh, Carl Darlow was in between the pipes. Paul Dummett, Jamal LaSalle, DeAndre Yedlin um, uh, were on in defense. Uh, Kieran Clark, Jack Colback playing, uh, holding defensive midfielder roles. Matt Ritchie and John Joe Shelby playing midfield roles. Um, Mo Diame, Johan Gufran. 
playing sort of wingers and attacking midfielders. And then uh, Mitro up top. And uh, Mitro got the lone goal in the 44th minute. And Newcastle won 1-0. Christian Atsu came on for Mitro. Daryl Murphy came on for Richie. And Ayose Perez came on for Mo Diame. So uh, that was a heck of a game. It was... It's nice to see Christian Atsu's name um, right there for us. So, and uh, I don't know where did Jack Colback end up. I know he's not playing for Forest anymore. Is he down in the championship somewhere? It's a good question. I'm looking up right now. Paul Dummett, of course, the longest tenured Newcastle player, uh, was still playing for them back then. Jack Colback is at QPR right now. Ah, wow, well, right where he belongs. Yeah, QPR. I mean, I I mean, again, I'm not I'm not like super into the old British footy, but QPR is a team that that feels nostalgic to them in the prem. So, yeah. you know, maybe Yeah, no, they, they're um, they, uh, they're they struggling this year. I think they finished mid mid table last year. They're not threatening promotion, that's for sure, but I'm not Every every once in a while, you know, every other year, you get a team relegated from the championship to to League One that kind of blows your mind. But they they usually bounce right back up, um, or they take a couple years and they come back up. So, yeah. But Joel, Jack, good old Jack Colback, he should be getting on. He's probably about thirty by now. Um, so, just enjoying he's the last couple of years 30, of his season. Think, uh, he's he? thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just what a like. This is the most British career you could have. Sunderland, Ipswich Town, Newcastle, Forest, Queen Parks Rangers. That that's a that's a proper British footballer. Like, and he's a real pain in the ass, too. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. Uh who to look out for? I kind of gave uh some some teasers uh for we, 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 again, um uh, for for Wolves. I didn't actually give teasers. I, I realized that now. Oh, we listed. So, we listed names. We listed names. Uh, you know, Ainori, Traore, Neto Kunha. I think the yeah. Korean guy I is. Didn't, a I didn't danger. like reveal who I thought. Actually, yeah. Who, yeah, who do you, who's your who's your danger man? I, I will tell you. For me, it's the Korean guy. I think Huang is the is the difference maker. If he gets his goal early, and I'm only saying that I'm not I'm not being an asshole. I'm only saying it the Korean guy because it's that's a. The standing. It's a joke. It's a joke. the pepism. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think uh, with all due respect, I think Huang gets if if he gets a goal, it's going to be the first goal of the game, and it's going to make things real hard. Wolves are going to try to hang their hat on that goal, um, but if Newcastle can keep him at bay, uh, I, I think um, I think that they could pull it off if they if they f- if they flood the first half with two or three goals. I would agree with that. I would say it's not even the fact. It's not even about the goals. It's just. Four straight matches, I believe, where he's had a goal contribution. Uh, he had an assist last week against Bournemouth. Um, he scored uh, against Villa. Scored against Man City. He scored in the FL Cup. Um, didn't score against Luton, so unfortunate for him, but scored right before that in Liverpool. So pretty much in the prim, so far, he's he's had a goal contribution in every single match except for one. If you look at all matches, it's the same exact stat. So... I, I think you're spot on. Uh, the Korean guy is the the guy to watch. Um, I would agree with that. Josh, who do you think's winning this match? Um, I think Newcastle wins the Wolves match. Um, I think they win. I think they win two nil. 
Yeah, I mean, 2-0 feels fair. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous considering that it's coming right up after um, a uh, Dortmund match that I don't feel great about. Um, so I'm actually going to go. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle draw this one 1-1. That's mm. going to be my guess. Okay. We won't write yeah. it down this week. I think your reaction last week to me typing those out was enough. We'll just pretend like we both predicted whatever actually happens. Uh, fair, fair, fair. All right. Well, um, I, do you have anything else, Josh? I, I don't really have anything else. No, I'm just, I'm just so happy that there's so much Newcastle United that like I get to be at work and and watch a game, and then I get to come home on the weekends and watch a game. And long may it last. I hope they make it all the way through to the freaking final of this stuff, of everything. Agreed, agreed. Um, for the folks who uh, are NBA fans, uh, NBA season has started. So shout out to the NBA yeah. and. Uh, Tomorrow, I mean tonight, we had the the uh, the the teams that the NBA wants us to watch. But um, as this episode comes out, everyone else will be playing, so um, should be a fun one. I get to watch Newcastle in the afternoon, and then I get to watch my Atlanta Hawks uh, in the evening. So I'm excited, just like you, Josh. Um, I don't really think I have anything else to say. So without further ado, I'll just say, hey, that's been another episode of THN Radio. I'm Elijah. That's Josh way the lads and uh, we love you guys I had to come to London cause I couldn't find a job but I don't intend to stay long if I make a few quick bob it's cold up there in summer it's like sitting inside a fridge but I wish I was on the case side looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher tend in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'll kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Henny, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need more a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine Walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'll kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Henny, how we
shall never be the weird I kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother seen any how weird I'm coming from Newcastle I may as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park In the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale